Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Looking for exceptional coffee delivered fresh to your door? We have the answer. Our friends at Grim Bean Coffee produce small batch artisan coffee using top tier coffee beans. The coffee is roasted when you order, guaranteeing the freshest coffee possible. Check out Breadbox Roasts, a new line of Catholic themed coffees available at www. Dot .grimbeancoffee.com forward slash redboxmedia. Experience coffee like never before. By definition, a storyteller conveys events and words, images and sounds, often by improvisation or embellishment. The Living Bread Radio Network presents The Storytellers with Tony Agnesi. Today, you'll hear a faith-based, inspirational story that's both heartfelt and heartwarming. And now, let's meet today's storyteller with Tony Agnesi. Hi, this is Tony Agnesi, and welcome to this edition of The Storytellers. Each week, we feature a guest with a unique and inspiring story to tell. The Storytellers is brought to you in part by CatholicBook.net. All of the books featured on the program are available there. And the programming the program can be heard via podcast at thestorytellersradio.com and wherever you get your podcast, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, and many, many others. You can follow me, if you like, at Tony Agnesi on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and now on MeWe. My guest today is Steve Picorni. Steve is the founder of Freedom Coaching and uh, is a nationally known, internationally known speaker and speaks to audiences on a wide variety of topics. Today we're going to talk about the fact, uh, uh, we're going to talk about Freedom Coaching uh, that uh, Steve uh, founded. Uh, like many men, Steve was exposed to pornography at a young age and struggled with it and has now not only encountered freedom but is working with other men uh, as well to help them through freedom coaching. He is a Franciscan University of Steubenville grad and uh, we always like those around here in Canton, Ohio. Steve, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Tony, it's an honor to be with you. Thank you so much for the warm welcome. And the fact that we were talking right before we came on the air, you still have a 216 area code, and boy, those Indians, I was hoping. but uh, didn't oh, so qu- close. So oh, close. Just so close. And as long as the Yankees lose, we'll all be happy. I, I was hoping, it, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping the same thing here, <laughs> rooting for it to be a be a Houston-Washington series. There you go. It's going to be a good series if it does. So here we go. Steve, I, you know, in an, in an age of uh, the Internet and, and, and digital and so forth um, pornography just seems to be so much uh, on the rise and and uh, more and more prevalent it's everywhere and uh, many guys uh, uh, get exposed to it at a very young age and it's really really a difficult uh, thing for them to get over get through get free from and I know you have a story to share along those lines tell us about how that happened was it an internet thing Um, how did you get exposed to it in the first place sure i mean this is very young when i was uh the the biggest one was over videos before the internet um was exposed to that a a quote-unquote friend um showed me some of this stuff i'd seen other stuff uh basically it was a bag of pornography a year earlier found it in the street of ripped up pages Mm. um so that was the first experience but definitely the videos came in there um and then when um 
And then when the internet hit, man, because um, there's such a, uh, a multitude of images that are, are stirred up in the brain as we watch these, and, and especially as, as images are, um, are moving faster and faster, it hooks the brain and it hooks our hearts. And for me, my, my father had been out of the picture by the time I was five and uh, in a failed uh, suicide attempt. He was in a nursing home, but I never really knew him. And I think from that, from that dearth of relationship there, that a lot of a lot of guys, especially going through with whether their father um, is uh, not present at all in the home, or just is too obsessed with his work or whatever, or uh, sports or, or various activities, um, there's this dearth of really learning about healthy masculinity. But that was not there uh, of learning of, of my healthy a healthy understanding of sexuality. To couple that in, getting hooked on these images very very young, and um, away we go. And I was my experience of of growing up was, you know, and I, I grew up Catholic. I knew that, you know, I shouldn't must. Um, I would, I would seek these out, feel guilty, um, would go to confession, feel free for a little bit, but be drawn right back in. And nobody was, nobody talking about this. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't know about any of this, what to do with this. So my whole world was colored by this experience and the guilt and shame and the self-hatred was very palpable. And so having this um, was very much my formation of my, ma- my, my masculinity. So I'd like to say I was malformed in my masculinity. This idea of, uh, of uh, fatherhood, you know, I, I do jail ministry and a, and a high proportion of the people we see either have no father in the house or no uh, uh, father figure, uncle, uh, next door neighbor, coach, etc. to help them g- get a well-formed uh, a sense of uh, what it what masculinity is and and i can see you know this being you know being taken over the the other part of it is and you, and you mentioned the guilt and, and all of those things uh, and is that is that's pretty common as well right it's not that that people just throw themselves into this but they they do know that there's something inherently uh um you know uh, wrong about this uh, and and um, and they do feel this guilt, but don't know where to turn. And and for a lot of uh, for a long time, these are subjects that were kind of uh, not talked about very much. And when you don't talk about them, they really don't know that there's any hope out there. Is that kind of how you w- would would depict how how it happened to you? Just didn't know there was help, or didn't know where to well, go, would, or? Well, I would I would agree with I would agree with that, and even more, I would say every single one of us, because we're made in the image of God, male and female, we're created for genuine love and. If we do not get that intimacy, if, if, that, if that intimacy, that genuine love, is the fresh water we're looking for, and it's not anywhere apparent to us, we don't think it exists, but there's septic tanks all around us, then we're going to go and grab a, we're going to have a tendency to go grab a straw and go for a sip. Mm-hmm. And I was drinking heavy and hard into this. And sadly, the, 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 I like to call it the pornified culture that we're in, the way in which the body is presented, the way in which relationships are put out there, that if, as long as the relationships are, are, are eroticized, that's what it's supposed to be. That's the, the, uh, the basic message of our culture right now. We think there's nothing else. And then when we taste that forbidden, forbidden fruit, we taste and we experience the guilt, the shame, the heartache, the brokenness. Um, in many cases, like especially I'm uh, born and bred Catholic, being there, living that out there, a vast majority of times in our churches have been silent about this. How many times have you or I or most people ever really heard a homily about this from the pulpit? 
And it's not necessarily to uh, cast blame on any priest, but to remember this has been the, el- the I like to say, the 572,000-pound elephant in the room that nobody's been talking about. Mm-hmm. And it, it really, it really is that elephant in the room. And there are there are men. Uh, talk a little bit about the fact there are men that are, have happily married men with wives and kids, and but yet still have this uh, uh, addiction. Yeah, in my in the work that I do with freedom coaching, okay, I, I work with a lot of a lot of men. I also work with women, and increasing a number of of women have been getting into this. But staying focused here on the the men, um, there's this idea that permeates the idea that I've been using pornography, I've been doing that for a while, but when I get married, you know, as so goes the engaged guy, that this will just go away. That so, so, you know, my, my wife will fulfill me enough and in our, in our intimate moments that I won't need this anymore. Well, the phrase goes, a wedding band is not a magic ring that solves our problems. As any married man can, can, will know this if he's worth his weight in salt. We know that oftentimes because now there's a person here who knows all of my faults, who also cannot live up to the quote-unquote pinup girls as of the older days of the, or the digitized pinup girls that we find here. That can, no woman can, can live up to that because it's unrealistic, because it's not a real woman. It's not the real intimacy and love that we're looking for. And when, there's a, when that first argument comes in, then we're going to, if, and if it's a very stressful situation, then we're going to go back to that septic tank and, and go back to drinking there. And this is why you find some of these guys are just crippled in their, in their marriages. They're not open with their spouses. This has been from a, a study in 2003, before the iPhone came out, Tony. They, it was a, um, a group of, I think, 250 um, lawyers, and they were talking about what was contributing to divorce. And it was 56% of those lawyers admitted that pornography had a significant contributing factor in, uh, to divorce here. Entering the iPhone and Android and, and, uh, and the, especially the explosion, the Internet everywhere, um, that has just increased in magnitude. And most people are, are clueless in what do we do about this. And, it's, and then because they think they're the only ones, nobody's talking about this. Mm-hmm. Well, you've made your life work helping others recover, but back to your own story. What got you on the on the path to uh, overcoming this compulsion and uh, and then deciding that uh, you were going to make your life's work helping others? Yeah. As I expressed earlier, I thought this would be the rest of my life. I thought I would never be free from this. Led to Franciscan University um, and a beautiful place. And on anybody who goes there on the uh, times that, uh, schools and sessions on Saturday, Saturday evening, they've got these festival prices, um, or FOPs, we like to call them, as um, you might know, Tony. And um, it's, it's in song and praise, and there's word, uh, a word from prophecy, sometimes it's spoken, and it says, and one of them came from Isaiah 43:19. It said this, um, Behold, I'm doing something new. Do you not perceive it? Streams of living water will be in the flow. And what I began doing, Tony, is I began to open my heart that Jesus Christ wanted to have a living, breathing, intimate relationship with me. And especially finding this out in the Mass, going to daily Mass, receiving that love. And after a couple of weeks later, in this the first, uh, first semester there, um, I was there at Franciscan. A couple of weeks later, I'm praying after Mass and discovered it wasn't just Jesus that was moving me to this gratitude. It was the Father. It was God the Father, the one who I thought had abandoned me, had left me um, like my own father, no, he had always been there. He'd actually been caring. 
And all he wanted me to do was stop struggling and simply be held and to be loved. And finally, hearing in my heart that first time, you, Stephen, are my well-beloved son in whom I'm well And I couldn't believe it. Absolutely. Like, you're pleased with me after all this running, all this thing of, of women for so many years? Yes. Very pleased. And very soon after that, after that moment, it happened. Boom, 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 boom. These chains hit the floor. And like St. Augustine, who read, put on Christ and make no provision for the flesh, this, there was a transformation, a movement from lust to genuine love that entered in. And this desire to want to serve my sisters rather than use them. And, so, and, and as we move into my story more, there was this, um, that lasted for about four months. Mm-hmm. And what happened was, um, like Peter took his eyes off, off of Jesus, I think back into the septic tank. And what Christ needed me to know and learn was to get to the root of this. So over a couple of years, discovered three really important things about my, uh, that I needed to go through. One was called um, uh, theophastic prayer, which is like where the, our, the emotions, the heavy emotions we have are like smoke that lead to a fire. And there was healing that happened. Discovered second was called intensive trauma therapy, which sounds scary. It's not. It's writing and drawing. A lot of healing is the first time I actually talked with a professional how to, about my, my use of pornography and lust. So, and my shame was pretty much wiped out that week. And then the last piece that is one of the things that is important for the life of the church is I discovered sacred art, especially art in which the body is exposed appropriately. Because when we have are exposed to the truth about the human body, the lies of pornography cannot stand. And so I present myself to, to all of our listeners who are hearing this, that as a man who would, I'd rather die than lust, that lust holds no sway over, over my heart, that I know any time any, any a lustful image might be presented, I know what to do with that and dismantle that power within about three seconds. And it's all on grace, the grace of God working in and through me, and it's a hope that I hold out to like uh, other addictions, uh, whether it be alcohol, drugs, and so forth, uh, we always hear about relapses or you know falling off the wagon or those types of things. Uh, is that a common occurrence, and is that indicative of you miss something missing uh, in in your recovery? How would sure. you how would you how would you describe that? Great, great point. First, I would say that the appropriate term with, with, with pornography is compulsion, because the stigma of addiction is once hooked, always hooked. Mm-hmm. Okay? Compulsion is there's an attachment. It's really serious. But this really can, we can overcome this. So that'd be an important distinction. The second thing, Tony, I would say is that most of the things out there that are presented to people are coping mechanisms. Okay? And coping mechanisms in themselves are sin management. They don't get to the root of the issue. Some of those examples are from the pretty lame, just don't look at it. Okay? Anybody who knows the power of pornography knows that doesn't work. To get a web filtering software, um, get accountability software. And those things can be helpful, but uh, especially with my clients, the ones I've worked with, they're very intelligent. And if we want to find a way around them, we, heck, we could just go to a public library. Mm-hmm. We need to. So simply having those exteriors, you know, getting a, get accountability partner, get a, get a spiritual director, um, even pray the rosary, the sacraments, all those are good in themselves. Again, absolutely go to the sacraments, absolutely pray the rosary. You've got to know how to love a woman correctly. Those are very important. But if we don't get to the root, which I humbly say is, in, is intimacy, identity, and 
vision issue, this will hold sway over our life for a long, long time. Steve Picorni is my guest. He's the founder of Freedom Coaching. When we return, we're going to talk a little bit about his book, Redeemed Vision, Setting the Blind Free from the Pornified Culture. And we're going to talk about Freedom Coaching and uh, find out a little bit more about uh, that when we return on The Storytellers. Support for The Storytellers is provided by CatholicBook.net, serving the Catholic community for 30 years with books, Bibles, gifts, and more. CatholicBook.net is safe, secure, and simple to use. Just a few clicks and your purchase is delivered right to your door. CatholicBook.net, for 30 years, a commitment to service. Welcome back to this edition of The Storytellers. My guest is the founder of Freedom Coaching, Steve Percorny. We're talking about the compulsion of pornography and overcoming that compulsion. Um, Steve, I, I know that, uh, you know, uh, picking up on your story, um, uh, you then d- decided at what point did you decide that uh, that you were going to, to, to really work at uh, making your life's mission helping others? I would say it was a gradual process. I knew that from uh, from but but two thousand nine, I, I was uh, right around there. This stuff was not holding sway over me. Um, pieces started being added to me, and then obviously taking a look across the landscape of this being such a huge issue, I've got to do something about it. And so, uh, kind of went all in in, in uh, over time. Pieces were added here, and, and beginning in two thousand eleven, realized I can do this. And a process based on just kind of looking at what had been given to me um, in, in helping that there's a process to be able to help people from start to end um, that, was, that became called Freedom Coaching. And it's a four-part process in which first we look at a client's history and especially through an emotional lens because most what pornography does, what lust does, what, when we do, do not live out our sexuality as a God-given gift, um, it disintegrates us. It disintegrates, uh, it disintegrates our head from our heart and this is why we feel the way we do. And so there's an unlocking, especially of those emotions. We work through that. Part two is looking through the brain chemicals and just the experience of understanding the brain chemicals. And I, I discovered that very, very late tail end of my attachment to this um, opened so many doors for me and, and unlocked so many mysteries of why I was doing what I was doing. It was a big deal. Third is an, is an intimacy issue. When we find genuine, real intimacy, we will not settle for false intimacy. And in living in real intimacy, it unveils our identity as beloved sons or daughters of God. And when we're solid in that intimacy, in that identity, which is relationship with Jesus Christ, leading us to the Father, then all of the other, shall we say, the, the what the septic tanks of our culture can present to us, they lose their power over us. We find something way more satisfying. And then fourth piece is the vision piece, is most of us have never learned how to see the body as God has created us to see it. Remember, from the beginning, the body was good. They were, Adam and Eve created naked without shame, created to see each other in love. And very few of us have actually been taught that the body is good and how to actually see the body. But when we are trained how to see the body, what happens is the, the desire to want to look with love 
gets transformed to desire to want to see the person as someone I can love. So that, and it's, and then it's, it goes beyond just my viewing time or my, I'm working on my computer at work. I can see that homeless person. I can see them as a person. I can go and reach out to them, not just with a, a dollar bill, but to actually ask their name and go and engage them as a real person. Or another, you know, someone in our, my parish who might have mental or physical challenges. I don't view them, I don't look down on them, but I see, them, see their greatness and I want to engage with them as a person and establish friendship. It changes everything. Let's start with the, the number one, the history. And in the clients that you work with, are there similarities in their history or are there some very different paths that people began on and, and got to the point where they're seeking help? Yeah, I don't want to. I, I certainly don't want to paint with a, a broad stroke of things like that. Um, what I would say is the, the ones who come here, um, it's men, men are men and an increasing number of women who um, who basically there's a vast majority of them, there's been a brokenness in their, in their childhood. Um, some don't, but there's been along the line for a vast majority of them, um, they never had a healthy, open, honest conversation about sexuality with their parents through the healthy understanding that the church, the way the church teaches about the truth and meaning of human sexuality, that was never imparted to them. Um, and especially also the, um, the different emotions as they're growing up, as those emotions, if they're, you know, they're growing up and they're getting interested in the, the opposite sex. Um, figuring out what are those emotions really all about, no one ever talks to them about that. And then in some cases, there have been elements of abuse. There have been either things that happened to them or things that they did early on growing up, and that's filtered and colored their experience here. So um, again, there's a, a wound here that, that needs to be healed here. And if we don't find the true healing for it, well, then we're going to try to try to get that healed in ways that it never can. And mm -hmm. one, two of those experiences are that of pornography or masturbation. The, the, the second one, you talked about brain chemicals. And I guess of the four that you mentioned, to me, that's the one I, I have the least uh, uh, amount of uh, understanding of. So explain that a little deeper for us. Sure, sure. I would point to chapter three of my book, Redeemed Vision, Setting the Blind Free, from the pornified culture, and then also a purposefully um, secular site called uh, Fight the New Drug, which goes heavy into the brain chemicals. In a nutshell, there are chemicals in our brain, dopamine, norepinephrine, um, uh, testosterone, oxytocin, serotonin. These are wonderful, beautiful chemicals. And in a healthy marriage, they help with the bonding, they help with create genuine attraction, they foster a sense of genuine belonging and intimacy, very good. When those same chemicals get stirred up by the viewing of pornography, um, what happens is we experience the exact opposite of what happens in a healthy, healthy marital relationship. We feel less connected, we feel disintegrated, we feel the shame and guilt here, we feel alone, and then when the, the most powerful um, event that happens is climax, to, to be very gentle with our language here, it burns those images into our brain. It, we have a response. I, I, I feel this stress in my life or this loneliness or this angst. And the way I deal with it is through this activity. The brain teaches us, especially through a chemical um, called delta Phos b that gets burned into us. And then um, we remember this, and so we, it becomes a brutal pattern, and this is how we can find ourselves 
stuck in this, mm-hmm. um, just on a chemical level. The uh, intimacy uh, uh, for issue here, is that discovered through the history, through discerning the history here, or how does that come about that we, that we understand what this intimacy issue is? Great question, Tony. So what I would first say is, um, in, it, as you go through, uh, as I've been historically working through a client's history, pieces come out as we, we see little dirts of intimacy, ways in which they didn't get to express that intimacy. Their, their, their genuine masculinity or femininity was not appropriately um, nurtured. Okay? Mm-hmm. And so ultimately the way in which we're, we're going to recover that is uh, first and foremost that relationship with Jesus Christ. He's the one who created us. He's the one who knows us better than everything. And he wants to bring us to the Father. He wants to reveal to us that we are sons in the Son, that we are made for divine sonship and helping us to be secure. And then from that, <clears throat> which um, is the opposite of what pornography does, pornography isolates us. So what we need is genuine friendship. We need genuine, um, genuine ways in which I am going to be challenged as a man, if I'm, if I'm working with a male client, I'm challenged as a man to get out of myself, that I can go, if, if you want to be happy, if you want to be fulfilled, if you remember nothing else from this radio interview, it's learn how to make a gift of yourself. And so for myself, I'll give you one example. Every Friday, I meet with a group of guys here in San Antonio. We call it St. Joseph's Men's Council. Our focus is not on, uh, you know, necessarily just on chastity or things like that, but the focus is on how can I be a good, good, a good son in the sun, a good husband, a good father. And this is fostered genuine friendship. And Tony, if you look across in so many of our landscapes in our world, in Catholic parishes, there is a dearth of genuine Catholic formation and genuine friendship. And this is where this culture of loneliness is huge here. And that loneliness, right, if we don't get that met, we're going to go looking for, for counter, mm-hmm. counterfeits that never satisfy us. So yeah, how can we, and this, the question is, how can we find genuine friendship and build that friendship? Because it's friendship, and this is what Jesus calls us to. He says, I no longer call you slaves, I call you friends. It's friendship that we need more than anything. Not eroticized relationships, but genuine friends where, where a person loves me for me, and I can do the same there and help them to become the best version of themselves. And in turn, it does that for me as well. You know, I, I, I've read that uh, that a lot of men are lonely, that, uh, you know, as we graduate from school and some of our friends get married and we get married and we all go off and move to different places, that oftentimes men try to go it alone and uh, don't have that accountability from friendship with other men. Uh, that seems to me to be a problem. I know I have a group that kind of keeps me on track. And, uh, and uh, um, do you find that, that a lot of guys are just out there trying to go it alone? It's epidemic. It's epidemic, absolutely, right? We, it, and it, it's been force-fed into us, right? We look at the Rambo or Rocky movies or, or Schwarzenegger movies from the 80s, right? Speaking to that generation right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we, we think that that's what life is. And, and then also we find that my life's not perfect, and, and this is a lie. We believe that nobody has ever gone through anything like this, and if anybody were to see my weakness, then they would destroy it. They would use it against me, or I would, the, mm-hmm. the guilt... Or shame would be crippling. Steve, what I'm going to say is, go, go ahead, Tony. No, I was going to say I want to. I want to jump in here because our time is running short, and I really sure. want you to talk about uh, where they can get in touch with you. How can they get in touch with Freedom Coaching? Give us uh, the the information that might help someone who might be listening who who really would like to reach out and and, and get some help through Freedom Coaching. Sure, 
absolutely. On, on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, it's Redeemed Vision. Uh, you'll head over to the website. It's freedom-coaching.net. You can shoot an email to me there. Um, the book is available, Redeemed Vision, Setting the Blind Free from the Pornified Cultures, available on Amazon. And I'm also available for speaking on a variety of topics, especially marriage and family life. And uh, that's blpromotions.com. Fantastic. I'm glad you were able to share. I wanted to make sure that we got that in. And, and I'm having such a great time. We're running out of time. And Steve, this has been great having you with us. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Tony. An honor to be with you. That's our show for today. If you missed part of the program, the show will be available immediately following the show at thestorytellersradio.com. This is Tony Agnesi inviting you to join me again for the next edition of The Storytellers. God bless. you've enjoyed today's edition of the storytellers with tony agnesi a production of the living bread radio network in canton ohio to learn more about today's storyteller go to thestorytellersradio.com there you can subscribe to the podcast and hear all of our past shows and join us again next week at this same time for the storytellers with tony agnesi Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... It's so much more than just a profile picture. At Catholic Singles, our platform offers you many opportunities to get to know the person behind the picture. Sign up today at catholicsingles.com. Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough Vehicle at caneford.com.